Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author, relationship, and mindset coach who helps those mistreated and struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live in love in the whole truth and nothing but the truth since we last talked? Welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to move forward stronger or try again. If that was not the case since the last episode update, episodes will still release on the second and the fourth week of the month. However, I'm changing the day from Friday to Sunday. So look for episodes to drop every second and fourth Sunday from now on. I think that's just an easier day to drop episodes um, for me because with Shabbat, if something happens technically, Um, with trying to get everything up by Friday, a lot of times I don't have that extra day of Friday night and Saturday because I'm keeping Shabbat. And so, uh, with dropping episodes on Sunday, I have that, um, you know, I have a little space of time so that I can get episodes up in case something happens. Um, but anyway, I also wanted to shout out all those who joined me live on YouTube for the, what kind of love is this after show live. I really did enjoy engaging with your live comments about the episode. If you didn't make it or you don't know what I'm referring to, I now do live YouTube streams to discuss the most recent What Kind of Love Is This episode with listeners. So if you listen to an episode and something comes to your mind or something, you know, you get some kind of revelation or even if you have some kind of question or want to share a comment about the episode, now you have the opportunity to do so. So subscribe to my email list at ZaraHairston.com or subscribe to my YouTube channel for the live premiere date notifications because they may not always be on the same day of the week. And the reason why I say to subscribe to both because sometimes you can say, I'm gonna just subscribe to YouTube and not her email list because I'll get the notification on YouTube. But sometimes for whatever reason, YouTube doesn't always send notifications. Like they won't always let you know when I schedule the premiere or when I'm actually live. So just cover both bases and subscribe to YouTube and my email list. Um, That way you'll get a notification um, for sure about each premiere date so that you can join me for a live chat about new episodes. You can find the links in the description to subscribe and actually to hear a replay of the first live premiere. So you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Now, over the next few episodes, I said I would give a different type of abuse its own episode. So The lie we're going to continue to deal with in this series is that's not really abuse. And this is part two, spiritual abuse. If someone uses Yah 
to control or manipulate you, you are a victim of spiritual abuse. But it often goes unnoticed because spiritual abusers masterfully conceal sin and trick people into believing they are exceptionally righteous when they are actually unrepentant sinners governed by self. Now, that statement might make some people mad, a few unsure, and others confused. And then some of y'all may feel like right at home, like, yes, tell me more. In any case, we can take this step by step to make it make sense. So first, let's refresh the characteristics of abuse in general, because we know abuse covers a lot of different types of things. The characteristics of abuse discussed in the previous episode, which was the introductory episode to this abuse series, in that episode, I mentioned that when you hear the word abuse, you might think of something extreme only, like rape or bloody evil. And we even discussed that concept during the What Kind of Love Is This after show live, plus through um, the poll results from my YouTube community tab, how people often downplay abuse that's not physical or sexual, even though it can cause severe damage too. In the poll, I asked you guys, like, do you think most people think abuse is just physical? Do you think people know it's not just physical, but they downplay it um, if it's not in a few other questions? The results were actually surprising. So go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Zara Hairston and check out the community tab so you can see the results to those polls. But we talked about, um, I think one of them, I think I did three of them, but we talked about one of them in the after show live. And a lot of people had some very like-minded things to say about how they feel that um, if abuse is not seen and you can't see it, and it's not blood and bruises, that it's not as serious. But abuse that is unseen can be just as serious and just as damaging. Also, in the introductory episode, we talked about um, how the one common factor in abuse of any kind is a pattern where someone uses intimidation, manipulation, violence, fear, or other mistreatment to control another person. So, for example, um, and we talked about this in the after show live too, how someone can use intimidation to abuse you by, for example, like say you work at a job and they intimidate you into working extra hours. If you don't work those extra hours, you're going to get fired. Now, they don't necessarily say that, but they intimidate you with certain actions so that you it's so that it's understood. They're not writing this down. They're not saying, well, sometimes people will say it explicitly, but it's not on record. But other people are so crafty and masterful with it. They don't have to say a word, but you understand the consequences of you not submitting to that control. Another example of someone using a manipulation to control you may be with, you know, some people say women control men with sex. Like, you know, I'll sleep with you if you do this but they're controlling that man with sex. Like they will they can get him to do anything they want by being incredibly sexual to the point where he may not even be realizing he's making um, unwise choices. He's not really being led by Yah, but she can use her lust and her body and her sex to persuade him 
to do something else. We see that in uh, scripture with Samson. You know, he just he was persuaded often and manipulated with sex. So abuse spans across so many different areas. But commonly people are using the same tactics in a pattern form like intimidation tactics, manipulation tactics, violence, fear, or anything that involves mistreatment. They're using that mistreatment or that tactic to ultimately control another person, whether it's at work, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in family, whether it's in a religious setting, um, I think I said family setting, whatever that setting is, this person wants control. And I also talked about in the episode how a key indicator of recognizing an abuser is they have serious control issues. Like their understanding of control is excessive and they always want it. And so they often will abuse other people because of this need to control. Um, so again, no matter what the type of mistreatment is used, it's all to control another person. Uh, finally, the one of the other key points in the episode was that abusers can often be identified by the characteristics found in Galatium, which is Hebrew for Galatians in five verses 19 through 24. So please read it for yourself and go back and listen to episode 13 if you have not already. So you have the foundation for this episode and the rest of the uh, series episodes because, you know, I don't want you to just kind of jump into these areas and you haven't heard the first episode to kind of understand the foundation of what we're talking about. Now that we have a refresher on abuse, let's let's talk about what it means to be spiritual before we deal with a combination of the two words spiritual and abuse. Spiritual can mean the universe or some other deity to many people. You know, you often hear people say the universe, this, the universe, whatever. But that's not what I'm talking about when I say spiritual. When I say spiritual, I mean one who is filled with and governed by the spirit of Yah, Yahuwah. And to be governed means to be ruled by, directed by, guided by the Ruach of Yah not governed, ruled, directed, or guided by self, flesh, or personal desires. So just look at, say, for example, America. If you live in America, you're governed by that government, right? But you know how Yah tells us we're supposed to be set apart. So even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. And so that is where the challenge comes in for believers because a lot of people in authority in this world are not governed by Yah. And so you're going to have conflict. That's the same thing when you're dealing with abusers. They're not governed by Yah. So you're going to have conflict. And though, even though you may feel like you have to be in relationship with these people because everybody tells you you're supposed to love everybody and forgive everybody and reconcile with everybody, it's simply not true. Yah wouldn't tell us to follow certain mandates if that were true. You can't follow Yah and also love and be in relationship with everybody. It just doesn't. If you really know scripture, you know that that's not possible. That's not going to even happen. So I want you to realize that a lot of times 
especially in this spiritual realm, what can be easily confused with the abuse of true spirituality is spiritual passion or even sometimes spiritual maturity, depending on how deceptive a spiritual abuser is. So for example, like my opening statement says, spiritual abusers masterfully conceal sin. That means they've mastered how to hide their sin. And usually only the people that are really, really close to them know about it. And the people that know about it usually won't say anything because the abuser has manipulated them into believing that if they do, there's going to be some kind of consequence. But spiritual abusers, they're great at concealing their sin to outside people. And they trick people into believing they are exceptionally righteous. So I'm not talking about they just um, love y'all. Like they are, they're extra. A lot of times they're really, really extra. Sometimes they can be, and what, by extra, I don't mean loud. Some of them are loud. And they do all these movements. And they do all this, ah, and all that. And they're just really extra. Um, but they're not always loud. Um, When I say exceptionally, they trick people into believing they're exceptionally righteous. They can talk just as calm, but the way they talk, scripture talks about how certain people can, when they teach, they just use all these big words and these great ideas and these great concepts. And they just teach it so well. It just seems like you, you must be righteous if you can teach like that. And that's not always true. And so in my opening statement, I'm saying they're concealing sin and then they're tricking people into thinking they're really 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 righteous like a lot of people perceive these types of people as just knowing so much they are impressed heavily by their knowledge but you often won't be impressed by their the ruach in them you're impressed by what they know but if you took the time to discern the spirit that's operating in them you'd be like wow you know a lot but you don't really know y'all and people that have encountered that they know what I'm talking about if you haven't encountered that and you are not as strong in discernment you may not know what I'm talking about but by the end of this episode you you should if you if you listen and you pay attention because I'm going to show you some things to look for that spiritual abusers do so you can stop being impressed by what people know and say and look at what they do because they are actually these spiritual abusers who look very righteous and seem like they know a lot they're actually unrepentant sinners like they're teaching you about yah but they won't even repent of their own sin and they are governed by self and we're supposed to be governed by Yah. The definition of spiritual is to be governed by Yah, not your own self. But these people who trick y'all often into all the great things they know, they are governed by selfish desires, meaning what they want to do, what they believe is best. They don't really consult with Yah. They're not in prayer. They're not in fasting. Um consistently on a consistent basis to hear from Yah on what they should do they're like I only need to pray about that um or if they do pray about it their prayers are selfish it's not sincere genuine um desperation for the guidance of Yah because I don't want to be outside of your will that's not who these uh people are 
And these quote unquote spiritual people are not just in church or just leading groups or teaching people in church or on YouTube or any other religious setting. They can be a member of your own family or in your marriage. So when you hear me talk about um, some characteristics of spiritual abusers, don't just think pastors, ministers, deacons, elders. It can be a person in your family who constantly talks about scripture and talks about Yah, who you're, again, heavenly impressed by what they say, and you're not looking at the spirit in them. Or it can be in, in your marriage. It could be a husband telling a wife certain things governed by himself who is incredibly unrepentant and you are and a lot of times you can be tricked into thinking they know they really know the word but they're governed by self right in your marriage and leading you or telling you what to do by their spirit and not the spirit of Yah so I hope with that you understand what I mean when I say spiritual I'm not talking about the universe and you know I'm a spiritual person no you're not if you're not governed by Yah so now that we remember what abuse looks like and we also understand what I mean by spiritual let's put the two together and discuss spiritual abuse and when we put those two words together what we get is anyone who dominates or controls you with the use of religion faith or beliefs so they basically misuse religion, keyword, capitalize, underline, bold, italicize, misuse religion, faith, or spiritual beliefs. For what? For selfish ends. It is not about Yah. This is the thing I have to be careful about. They will really make you think it's about Yah. I mean, these people are so masterful at making it look like it's about y'all based on what they know you will really think the spirit in them matches and it doesn't how do they misuse religion faith or spiritual beliefs for selfish ends they might simply use their position of authority within religion faith or a spiritual belief sector so like a pastor a teacher a, a discipleship mentor or even a youtuber they most often target children or emotionally vulnerable adults. That's why I harp on how important emotional health is and how connected it is to spiritual health. I be talking about emotional health and growth and people be like, emotions don't matter. That has nothing to do with y'all. I'm telling you, abusers target children because they're oftentimes emotionally underdeveloped. So you'll, they'll be sexually abused, physically abused, and swearing is love, and it's not. But often, it's adults who are also emotionally underdeveloped, which makes you vulnerable. You're emotionally missing something. Maybe you want the love of a father, the love of a mother, just love, period. And here they come telling you about the love of God. And now you believe everything they say, and they're abusing you. This is why I tell you emotional health is important. It is connected to spiritual health. If you have emotionally vulnerable areas, you are going to be a target to a spiritual abuser. I'm telling you right now, they're going to see that you don't know what you need to know. And that's what they're going to use to abuse you. But anyway, spiritual abusers have many different motivations driving them. And it can 
unfortunately, even be well-intentioned. But usually it ends up malicious due to their refusal to repent. Examples. What examples might signal a spiritual abuser? You may be experiencing or witnessing spiritual abuse if your spiritual leader uses scriptures or beliefs to control your friendships or other relationships, your clothing, your decision-making, your finances, basically your choices. And I'm not talking about wise choices because usually someone who's healthy is always going to point you back to Yah. They're not always pointing you back to them and making sure that you get clearance from them. That's a key issue is they always think they're the source of your understanding. In addition to a spiritual leader doing that, it can also be a romantic partner or a spouse controlling your life with scriptures or beliefs. And that's actually why there are numerous cases of Y'all will be so surprised of domestic violence and sexual assault within religion because abusers often use actual Bible passages about submission in marriage and dominance as the head to justify male supremacy over the female or supremacy over certain types of groups of people or children or anything, period. You'll be, you'll be surprised to find the connection uh, when it comes to abuse between supremacy over women and children. That's why I was telling you earlier, spiritual abusers target children because they're emotionally underdeveloped and then women. Because you can use scriptures to justify abuse to someone who's delusional. They're not uh, true, but that's how they misuse them. But these spiritual abusers are especially extreme, actually, when it comes to male-female, husband-wife, and even parent-child relationships. They love uh, the submission and honor your parents type scriptures, but they will dismiss the love is gentle, kind, and does not delight evil scriptures. So they're a harp on you need to submit and you need to submit. You need to honor me. You need to, I'm your mother. They're harp on those, but they don't even know about the ones about how Yah doesn't really love one as delighting in evil. And they're delighting in that evil to control you. Another common characteristic of a spiritual abuser is that they misuse the principles of forgiveness and reconciliation and this one is a big one they misuse that principle of forgiveness and reconciliation why to require that someone forgive abuse and reconcile with an abuser you will often hear you gotta love you gotta love and they think that love means accepting abuse that's not what love is so despite the fact that there's been no real repentance, I'm talking about zero. And if they do lie, you know it's not genuine because no behavior has changed. How's it going so far? In the midst of that toxic relationship you might be dealing with, whether it's your parent, spouse, coworker, family member, whoever it may be. Is this podcast filling you up with strength and encouragement to face it with a healthier outlook? Do you want to show your support? If so, I just wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that you can support this free podcast when you order from my shop, send a gift, or become a monthly patron. Your support not only helps you, but others, including myself. 
So if you find value in my content and it helps you grow, please consider showing your support. Find the links in the episode description. Thanks so much for your consideration. Now back to the episode. So you may be witnessing or experiencing spiritual abuse if there's pressure to just quote unquote get over it. Spiritual abusers use these lines often, get over it or quote unquote, leave it in the past. Quote unquote, move on. How can you move on if you never handled the situation that got you stuck in the first place? But spiritual abusers love those lines because they don't have to be held accountable if you do fall for the deception and quote unquote, get over it, which you never do. You don't get over something that you don't deal with, but you can pretend like you are, but you're not. Or if you leave it in the past, um, yeah, they they use that and then they don't, they're not held accountable and then they can go on abusing you and others. But they use those sayings like get over it or leave it in the past as if um, righteous anger is ungodly. They're, they'll even call it bitterness. They'll even call it, um, Spiritual abuser will often even call it uh, unforgive, uh, unforgiveness. You're so unforgive, unforgiving, especially when there's objection to the spiritual abuser's nonstop mistreatment. See, we're not talking about somebody that makes a mistake. They repent and they correct it and behaviors change. We're talking about somebody who nonstop, and they just keep on doing this. They just keep on doing it. But then telling you, you need to get over it or leave it in the past and stop being bitter and unforgiving, unforgiving. But you're the one who continuously, consistently mistreats me with no repentance. You are and then using scripture to tell me to forgive you. That is spiritual abuse. A spiritual abuser may even deceive you into thinking that real forgiveness means restoring a relationship back to all its previous privileges, even though there has been no restoration or rebuilding of the trust that was destroyed in the first place. So for example, if a mate cheats with someone you suspected they were too friendly with, they might trick you into thinking you haven't shown true forgiveness after you've caught them cheating unless you're okay with them still being around one another and they do it they just they they're good at deceiving you into thinking you have an issue with forgiveness because you won't allow me to still remain in my sin or say a family member lies and divides so much that it almost causes your divorce yet they demand forgiveness and shame you for not reconciling with them since you won't accept their excuses and recognize they have not shown true remorse for what they've repeatedly done. They might even lie that it's not what they were doing or meant to do. So you cut communication, but you are the ungodly one, even though they are lying and dividing without a care about how it's distressing you. So basically... Spiritual abusers also use scripture to justify abusive behavior. And you find them even misleading you into believing that you don't understand scripture correctly. You're immature, unteachable, or even in sin unless you forgive and reconcile with abusers. This happened at a church um, I attended a few years ago. And I talked about this on 
Transparency, the podcast where this group of um, females was sabotaging pretty much every single thing I was doing. And it got really bad to where it was distressing me physically. And I was encouraged to just reconcile with these abusers. Forget about holding them accountable. Forget about confronting their sin and dealing with their sin so they won't do it again. Um, You just need to forgive and reconcile with these abusers. And that was crazy. But um, if you want to hear that whole story, you can go to Transparency, the podcast that I do with my husband and look for the episode. I think it's something about church hurt or what to do when a mate, something about church, you'll see it. I think it's like one of the first five episodes. But um, anyway, spiritually abusive leaders also often use zeal to generate a loyal following that defends them even when they are exposed. And y'all see this constantly. Well, those who have eyes to see it, see it constantly where a spiritual leader or just a spiritual person whether it's entertainment or teaching or whatever, has been exposed. We see the video, we see the documents, we see the pictures, and you will literally still have people showing up to hear them sing or teach or preach or whatever. Abusing people, and they still defend them and show, that's my pastor, but that's my favorite thing. And they don't, they just don't care. They are so impressed by what they know, so loyal to their puffed up knowledge, that what they do doesn't matter. And you have to scale that down to real life, outside of the pulpit, outside of the stage. This is happening in families. This is happening in small groups where we know this person has been exposed, but we are going to defend them anyway because of what they know. (sighs) Spiritual abuse, and y'all is not okay with it. There is a strict wrath coming for people that do that, even if we don't see it in this lifetime. But these spiritual abusers, they often will lie without a conscience and typically see their platform worth protecting for the sake of the quote unquote gospel, even though they're lying to do it. Like your platform is worth saving the gospel but you're using lies to protect it it makes absolutely no sense but this is what they do they also gaslight you into thinking you are crazy and avoid real conflict resolution yet they're swift to confront you like they don't want to deal with resolving an issue but they will confront you they might throw shots subliminally or not subliminally they might um you know, pull you to the side and say something. For example, in the example I gave you about the church experience I shared earlier, the I remember we were sitting in the in this meeting or whatever, and um, this had been months that I had endured I had endured abuse from these uh, group of females, and I was just sticking in there. I was just trying to you know do what I thought you know a believer should do. Um. Some of that was, I I believe, what y'all needed to happen to stretch me. Some of it was just error in my own thinking about what love really is because I had been taught and I wish somebody had gave me this episode at that time. So I didn't know. Um, But anyway, we're sitting at the table. You know, we had this meeting that they kind of really didn't want to have, but we ended up having it. 
They wouldn't tell me who was going to be in the meeting, which was for somebody who's being abused. You don't want to be surprised with abusers because it was a group that I was running, but I didn't know everybody in the group that was causing the problems. I knew like three of the main people, but when I went in the meeting, it was like six people, six or seven people. And here I am alone and I'm surrounded by y'all. That wasn't, that's not a good uh, feeling to walk into something like that. So the pastor and his wife, they wouldn't tell me who these people were, you know, they were protected at all. The abusers were protected and the quote unquote victim. I don't like to call myself a victim, but in this circumstance, I'll say that wasn't, it was just really crazy. But to bring my point back about how they avoid conflict, but are swift to confront you, this pastor avoided every single conflict, every single act of abuse, every single issue, and basically said that, um, you know, love covers, <laughs> that I should just be covering their sin. And so he's avoiding the conflict that they're causing, the sin that they're causing, but confronts me when I say, he asked, you know, how, how do you think we should handle this? And I said, I think they should be taken out of my group and removed and put into another group. Oh, that, oh, that's just, that's just heartless. That's just cold. And I'm like, so it's not cold or heartless what they're doing. But when I say that the resolution, the conflict resolution is if you have so many problems with me, if you're abusing me constantly, why why wouldn't the uh resolution be let's take you out of this group one you need to stop abusing this person two we need to deal with your sin and three you know let's if we still want to help you let's put you with someone else more suitable because clearly you have a problem with her i didn't understand what the huge baffled response the pastor had was about these people being removed from our group when they clearly didn't want to be there anyway all you're doing is complaining about me why are you baffled at my response and not theirs so people who are uh, spiritual abusers they'll do that they will avoid real conflict resolution but they're swift to confront things around it you know they're they're just really dismissive so that pastor he wouldn't confront all of their toxicity but yet he was baffled by my suggestion it's 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 kind of sick so spiritual abusers they um a lot of the people in that group were very dependent on that leader and i'm the type of person is i'm not dependent on no leader like you're not my elohim yah is but he had kind of created a culture where people were supposed to be dependent upon him and that's another thing that spiritual abusers do they will encourage a dependence on one leader or group of leaders for spiritual information or direction so personal discipleship is highly discouraged like they'll tell you you can go read it for yourself but they don't really mean that they'll tell you um you know study to show yourself approved but they don't really mean that it's study to show me approving you so ask yourself does this teaching this teacher or person or spiritual whoever move me to rely more and more on the spirit of yah or their teachings and their leadership spiritually abusive leaders convince people they can't understand the deep things of yah without them and their help is required 
So you could be witnessing or experiencing experiencing spiritual abuse if someone manipulates you into relying on them for your spiritual growth. We are always supposed to point people back to Yah. Even when I counsel or coach, I am helping people learn to use tools and pointing them back to Yah, not depending on me because then I become God. Then I'm, you know, some people get puffed up with that, with the fact that people need them and depend on them. That's why you have some parents who can't let go of their children. They always need their children to need them. They want their life to revolve around them. No, we are always supposed to be pointing people back to Yah. Give them what they need to grow, contribute to their growth. But that growth needs to always point back to Yah as a resource, but not the source. I'm a resource, but not the source. But a spiritual abuser wants to be your source and your resource. But they'll act like it's about Yah and it's not. Another sign of spiritual abuse is the use of favoritism or clicks. So spiritual abusers will often select favorites or clicks and use those followers in that click or in that favorite group to, to manipulate the people who are not as close to the leader or the leaders to aspire to that inner circle. Trauma in childhood is so common. We often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came the number two pass.com. So now you aspiring to be in this inner circle as opposed to the higher places in intimacy with Yah. I've seen this in a number of churches. They do. I've watched specifically. Uh, I've seen this in a number of churches, but the most uh, recent church that I went to was the one, the example I was telling you about. And I would see him shout out names. And then you want your name to be shot out. And so now you're trying to aspire to be shot out or hang out or be, you know, in that intimate group. Now, a lot of people, their aim is to get to the higher places in that man, as opposed to the higher places in Yah. And they don't even realize what's happening. You're not supposed to misuse your authority to manipulate people into seeking to go higher in you. You are not Yah. Spiritual abusers, they do that. So you got to be careful when you see clicks and, and favoritism going on. There's usually spiritual abuse. And sadly, if someone in the inner circle comes to see clearly what's actually happening and speaks up about it, the leader quickly makes them an outsider. So it's crazy. Like you, you was in the inner click, but you talking about, you know, something that's not right or you seeing abuse. Now you the outsider. Now you talked about, now everything get you gaslit, everything switched up. You're making it, you're out made to look like the, um, the rebel or something like that. And people who experience these and more spiritual abuses usually feel regret. And even, I mean, a lot of times it's anger, but deep down it's regret and even isolation. And they may wonder if they deserved to be mistreated. And it's because spiritual abusers, because you might ask yourself, well, how could you feel like you deserve that? 
you know, I've been in situations where I'm like, well, maybe I deserved for them to do that to me. With a clear mind, you know, you nobody deserves that. But when you've been gaslit or manipulated or abused, you got to heal past that so you can see clearly that you thought that way because spiritual abusers manipulate people with guilt constantly to believe Yah doesn't love them whenever they don't comply. And they turn every conversation about their abusive nature into an attack on the one being spiritually abused. So you try to have a conversation about it because you like, I really kind of want to fix this. I don't understand, but they're just abusive in nature. So it's going to become an attack on your lack of spirituality or your lack of forgiveness. They don't want to resolve nothing. They avoid true, like I mentioned earlier, true conflict resolution at all costs. So, uh, man, and unless y'all just really does a great thing, trying to talk to somebody like that is pointless. They usually never come to themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all power to you if you meet somebody that does, but, um, often they don't. Um, but you know, some things are possible, but, uh, unrepentant people who have been unrepentant for, for a very long time. Scripture says, um, cause them like a reprobate, a reprobate mind. And often Yah just gives them over to their sin. When a person been in a, is a repro, reprobate mind or they've been given over to their sin, ew. coming back from that, uh, you know, I just personally haven't seen it, but I can't say it doesn't exist. But yeah, once Yah give you over to something and he gave you over to it because you remain unrepentant, trying to reason with somebody like that is just it's like, you're just going to have a headache. Because spiritually abusive leaders or people or teachers or entertainers or whatever, they just don't deal with their sin, nor do they help you overcome actual sin in your life. You ever meet somebody you really thought was going to help you get your life together, but they don't never deal with your sin. They don't deal with their sin. They don't help you overcome your sin because sin is not really that bad to them. And this is the very thing that caused blood shed from Yahusha. Things had to die because of sin. But yet these spiritual people who are so puffed up with knowledge don't think sin is that bad. And instead, what they do is they discard you if you make them look like the person they actually are. So you might bring up sin. And now they're mad. I remember I was really, really impressed with someone when I was younger and I was trying to turn my life around and I was in the car and we were riding somewhere and I forget what happened something happened and um they basically wanted to sin and I was like but I thought you said that it's important to do you know xyz if we believe that doing xyz is important then it's a sin if we do abc and I was my head was like cut off literally you know figuratively not literally and then it hit me oh you don't really believe what you're teaching me and I really looked up to you I was like wow somebody can really be preaching their words or whatever and don't even mean it when it comes down to it Yahusha was dealt with in the same way we see in my, my titahu which is Matthew 4 in Hebrew 
chapter 23, verse 1 through 5 in the Sefer version, it says, Then spoke Yahusha to the multitude and to his Talmudim, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moshe's seat. All therefore whatsoever he bids you guard, that diligently guard and do. But do not ye after their reforms and traditions, for they say and do not. For they say and do not. A lot of spiritual abusers are so good at saying what they don't do. They're so good at giving you a word that they don't live. They so good at breaking down a scripture that they don't really believe. It continues. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. Spiritual abusers love to be seen. They love to be known. That's why they're often loud, whether it's physically loud or just loud with their clothes or loud with their ideas and information. They love to be seen and known, but it's just works. It's not about y'all. So remember my opening statement where I said spiritual abuse often goes unnoticed and you might say, well, how does it go unnoticed if they're so loud? Because spiritual abusers masterfully conceal sin and trick people into believing they are exceptionally righteous. They are masters at concealing sin. So masterful at it that people that find out about the sin will usually defend it because they're so impressed by their exceptional righteousness that is actually fake it's not even real it's like eating some food and it's so good and you find out it was fake well it was still good it was fake you know what it's doing to your body right now like this is how spiritual abusers are like it seems so good and so real because they're masters at tricking you and concealing sin when they are actually just unrepentant sinners governed by self. So if they're governed by self, they're not actually spiritual. Because we talked about how to be spiritual is to be governed by Yah. If you're governed by self, you're actually being governed by the opposer. Because pride is a characteristic, which is something Yah hates, of the enemy. And they are unrepentant sinners because they're governed by self they have this selfish pursuit and in order to reach that pursuit they can't be repentant because if i start repenting then i'm not no longer governed by my desire and what i want i'm governed by yah so in my titsahi which is for matthew again uh chapter 23 verse 25 of the sefer version yahusha says woe unto you scribes and pharisees these are spiritual abusers hypocrites he calls them for you may clean the outside the outside of the cup and the platter but within they are full of extortion and excess 
Again, they are consumed with what it looks like, what it sounds like, even what it feels like with the outside bump fixing me on the inside. They don't like to heal. They don't like to repent. They don't like to confront um, and truly resolve issues. None of that. I'm just concerned with if if I can make it look good, it, whatever means I have to do to continue to make it look good, that's what I'm going to do. And these are dangerous people. And they these, these are not just pastors and leaders. These are people that's right in your family. These are people you listen right on YouTube. And they often are exceptionally righteous to you because of what they know. In other words, like Matitahu or Matthew 23, verse 28, Yahushua says, Even so you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And if I could go into some other scriptures, you would see the wrath that's coming on those people for doing that. You can't be out here playing, abusing people spiritually. Like some of y'all been spiritually abused and you never been vindicated. I'm one of them spiritually abused and never got a repentant apology. People want to send you some little rinky dink. I'm sorry. I should never did that. They don't care. They're not restoring the damage they've caused. True repentance wants to fix what I've done to you. We're not talking about I stepped on your foot by mistake. We're talking about you changed the course of my life by what you did. And you think sorry is enough? True repentance wants to restore it. Look at the condition of us as a people. You want to rape us, rob us, destroy our image and identity and think you can just say sorry. No. True repentance wants to restore you. It's like when you go, one of my favorite um, shows on TV uh, is People's Court. And she always talks about when something happens, we have to make the person whole again. She uses that example. Like if you paid this person $100 and you only got $50 of what happened, she'll tell them you can't sue for 250, but we can make you, we need to make you whole again. We need to restore what happened. Now, if you're really sorry, you might add a little extra. Well, I'll do this and I'll do this. I'll not only give you the other 50 to make you whole at a hundred, but I'll also give you a coupon for such and such or whatever. But the point is to make you whole again. How are you sorry when you don't want to make me whole again? You took from my life. You pulled from my, you did something that caused me a void, a hurt, um, a pain, a hole. Sorry doesn't always restore that person back to whole. Sometimes all you do want to hear is sorry. But other times, depending on the damage that the person has done, sorry ain't enough. It's just it's just simply not enough. You've been looking for my relationship quotes on Instagram, haven't you? Well, in me looking for ways to give my supporters exclusives, I've moved them over to Patreon. So they're no longer for just anybody and exclusively for those who support my content monthly on Patreon. These vital reminders are for those who constantly are tempted to deny or accept mistreatment. The quotes help you remember my signature line. 
love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. And some of us need this reminder in our face consistently to help us choose truth, especially when it comes to relationships. So become a Truth Tribe patron to get my weekly quotes, plus a few other perks. Use the patron link in the description or visit patreon.com slash truth tribe. So again, if someone uses y'all to control or manipulate you, you are a victim of spiritual abuse. But recognize that it is so very, it so very often goes unnoticed because spiritual abusers masterfully conceal sin and trick people into believing they are exceptionally righteous. Amen. Praise God. Always showing up to say something. They ain't righteous. They are actually unrepentant sinners governed by self. Let your heart be that loud when it comes to fixing the damage you cause to people's life. You know how you show up in comment sections all the time, or you show up raising your hands, or you falling out in church, or you scream. Let your life do that when you wrong someone. Be that serious about fixing it or restoring them back to whole. All of that, I'm sorry, praise God. Oh, that doesn't, that's not, yeah, that's not spiritual. All right, y'all don't heard me talk about that a few times if you've been following me for a while. It upsets me because I don't like, I hate for people, and I when I say hate, I mean that. I hate when people are abused. I've been sexually abused. I've been emotionally abused. I've been spiritually abused. I've been physically abused. I've been abused like every way you can imagine. And before I knew that it wasn't okay, I thought I deserved it because I was manipulated. I know what it's like to be in that place and think you deserve it or it's warranted or it's real love or I'm, I'm ungodly if I confront you about the way you're treating me. No, it's just, I know what that does to you and the enemy does too. That's why he is so great at deceiving people into it. So yeah, when I sound a little stern on that, I don't like that. Some options for dealing with spiritual abuse. What are they? It may be hard to hear, but that's one thing about the truth. It often pierces you as scripture said, because it's so true. But it also comforts you in the end. So when I give you this first option for dealing with spiritual abuse and it hurts or it bothers you, it hit the right spot because it's probably something you need to do. And that first option is leaving. Leaving the organization, the group, or the relationship that is spiritually abusing you. But request that y'all guide and order your steps on how to move. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you how to do that but one option is leaving i used to always think i can't leave this church i can't leave this group i can't leave this relationship with this family member or a fellow believer because then i'm going to be in sin or i'm being ungodly negative not true another option is uh to talk with like a faith-based counselor or life coach to work on healing and or strategy Depending on the level of spiritual abuse, especially if it's been done for years, especially if it includes sexual abuse, because some people, it starts off as spiritual abuse and it goes into sexual. Like they use their spiritual authority to sexually take advantage of you. Um, or they use their spiritual authority to physically take advantage of you. Um, you hear about, uh, what do you call those 
often the first thing you think of when you think of spiritual abuse is the Catholic priests raping the little boys. But you have some pastors uh, sleeping with women, sleeping with kids, uh, teens, you know, it's not just in Catholicism. Um, and depending on the level of abuse that you've experienced, you might need to talk with a counselor to heal or someone like a life coach to work on strategy. Like you heal, but you need some strategy on how to not do it again. I'm also going to leave a few links in the description if you need more urgent or serious help. Now, no note that I'm not personally recommending these people. I have no affiliation with them, but I do want to leave something out there for people to use, especially if you're like in a domestic violence situation, like you are being, you, you know, beat up or is something that is uh, that warrant urgency and you don't really have the luxury of time to get out. Like some people can kind of, they got a little time to figure out how to make their exit strategy. Some people it's more urgent. And so I wanna leave you with something. Um, but again, these are secular sources. So pray about it and make sure that you're lit in the right direction um, if you decide to use them. But I'm not necessarily endorsing them. I just don't wanna leave you guys with nothing if you're in an urgent situation. But as we come to a close of this episode, in the series uh many of you may feel stuck but i encourage you to go listen to episode nine lie i don't know what to do episode 11 lie it will work itself out and episode 12 lie i just have to deal with the way they are to help you see a little bit clearer if you are hearing this and now you feel stuck let me just tell you 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 don't necessarily feel stuck is probably more close to you know what you need to do, but you're scared to do it. Listen to those episodes to get you some uh, inspiration. And also ask yourself, the spiritual abuser that you have in mind that popped up in your head through this whole episode, or more than one person. And again, it might not just be a pastor. Y'all always, let me calm down. Some of y'all just think spiritual abusers are pastors. It could be your mother. It could be your father-in-law. It could be your cousin. It could be your auntie. It could be your group leader. It could be somebody on YouTube. It's not just pastors. It's anybody who proclaims to be spiritual can spiritually abuse you. So if these people popped up in your head throughout the episode, ask yourself, do they pretend to be incredibly righteous when you know they live a lifestyle of selfishness and unrepented sin? You'll never see them repenting. But they always got some scripture to break down or some praise on their lips. They ain't never really repenting. We want to set appropriate boundaries with spiritual abusers and any other kind of abuser. So we don't continue to be abused and mistreated. It's not Yah's will. He's not okay with you being abused and mistreated. He does not like you being oppressed. It's in scripture. People just don't talk about those scriptures because they want to promote forgiveness and love so they can abuse you but that's been misused like I talked about earlier and if we don't confront this we live a lie we enable the abuser to live a lie and we suffer all the consequences that come with it do you really want the life and life more abundantly you complain you don't have but may be repelling simply because of the spiritually abusive relationship you're in. Because after all, what kind of love controls and manipulates you 
with the very spirit meant to heal and free you. Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. 